Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great ESPN podcast, the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney. This season starts this week, and Buster will bring you all of the highlights and insights from opening day all the way through the World Series. That's the Baseball Tonight podcast, three times a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us. You just saw the top of his head. He's at Metal Lark Media and ESPN. Howard Bryant, what's going on? What's up, Bomani Jones? This is what I refer to as the uh, loyalty test. Getting up at 9.15. At 9.15! <laughs> wow! Was did, 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 the, did, did the rooster, is the rooster going to like crow in the middle of the show? It did at 8.45. 8.45, that alarm went off. And I was like, why? I didn't even know what state I was in. <laughs> you are the most adult person I know with the child's sleeping patterns. Like a collegiate child, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know when you up, when you not. I feel like no. you the homie. I need to call at two o'clock in the morning. Like, I'm like up. you're the you're the guy who could who could be. I'm there. up, especially when you it's that time zone stuff, right? Be like, okay, which one of my friends is on which time zone? But you can hit me in the east. I write overnight, man. It's always That's been right. this way. That's about right. Ten ten p.m. to about five in the morning. I'm book writing. Yo, and I can't lie. And we're gonna talk NBA playoffs a little later. We're gonna get into some Lamar Jackson. But it's when you say that is interesting because when I wrote for my supper. That was what I needed to do it because ain't nobody like I needed, especially because of how like decidedly online I could be. Mm-hmm. I needed everybody else to be asleep. Is everybody sleeping? I can get to work. All right. So I wanted to have you on because I think this Lamar Jackson thing is fascinating in ways mm-hmm. that I think have been missed by a lot of people. Um, we had recorded the Monday podcast before Lamar um, dropped the bomb on everybody with that tweet on Monday that he sent minutes before John Harbaugh went out there to sit in front of the media. And as I recall, they said that John Harbaugh was a little late to get out there. Of course he was late. His phone was blowing up. He had that thing on Do Not Disturb, and they called twice to trip that over. Like, hey, you need to know Lamar just dropped the bomb on everybody and so which is the is, second time it, he did that right didn't he do that in december when they were talking about yes when he was the injury. gonna come back and he tweeted ahead of time <laughs> he he keep preempting yes yes now i have been told that he wanted to drop those on friday but some people got to him and said no let me explain to you how media works, right? You put it on Friday, it gets buried. You might want to wait. Friday news dump. Yeah, exactly. So he did it on Monday, and boom, there we go. And I was so surprised that the overall look at this from the media was not of, whoa, I think he just put him in a corner. Because my thought was he just put him in the corner. And the reason I thought and still think that he put them in the corner, and I don't know why people don't view this through this math, the Ravens need a quarterback more than he needs $32 million. Like, he'd like to have $32 million, but I feel fairly safe in guessing he doesn't need the $32 million. The Ravens need a quarterback. 
And by the way, they kind of need their quarterback to get on the clock as soon as possible because they have a new offensive coordinator. And if you believe any of that stuff about working with your teammates and getting the timing down or anything matters, then you kind of need Lamar Jackson there for the first mini camp. He is not going to be there for the first mini camp. Every day that passes, it's the Ravens who lose more. And it's DaCosta and John Harbaugh whose jobs get a little shakier because you don't have a quarterback. And so if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm just posted up. I know you need me more than I need you. Yeah. And, you know, I think people are, and I, and I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't understand why that's tough to grasp. I don't know why people wouldn't see that um, because things are changing across the board in sports right now. And I think that we're going to, it's going to be really interesting to see how athletes play this, how media plays it, how organizations play it. The money is so big now. The dangers of playing the sport are so obvious now. The shelf life of the game is changing. Mental health is not just a buzzword anymore. They don't need to do this anymore. They don't have to play football anymore. I mean, like you and I have talked about this for years. The old school had to play to earn. You don't have to play to earn anymore. Ben Simmons just got shut down. He's owed $74 million guaranteed over the next two years. So let's just suppose you're Lamar Jackson and you're looking at this simply from a how many miles do I have standpoint. The same way you might have looked at it if you were Kyrie Irving a few months ago in Brooklyn. And you said, okay, how many miles do I have? One, I don't need to do this. Two, if I'm going to blow out, am I going to blow out for you? I can wait a year. I can sit. I'm straight. I don't have to do this. And so you're 100% right. And so what ends up happening here is that position is so valuable, as we all know, right? Extension of the front office. You know, is he going to make the first minicamp? Is he going to be there for the last one, right? We know how valuable that position is. At what point does the pendulum switch to, why aren't you just paying this guy and treating this guy right? He's he's arguably, maybe not even arguably, he's easily the best quarterback your Baltimore franchise has ever had. Why are you doing this? There's only one way for the Baltimore Ravens to survive this. Two ways. One is to be proven completely right that Lamar Jackson is either hurt, out of gas, malcontent, and that he doesn't survive this. The other is that they win without him. Right? And I don't see the latter necessarily happening in a quarterback league with with all the uncertainty and also the fact that you've got really good players in your league now the afc is really really good now right so you had a guy on par with the other two guys now what the other side of it i don't know somebody clearly knows something that they feel like they can hardball this situation and the nfl reminds me of denny green a long time ago where denny green was like hey the late great denny green what we need in this game is more trades he wanted more transactions But because of how people hoard information and because of the injury quotient, I don't think you're going to get that, right? So somebody knows something. So on the leverage point with Lamar, I want to point out some history for people, okay? And again, it sounds crazy, I think, to a lot of people that I think he has the leverage. Now, leverage is 
as valuable as your flex. So if his people don't realize like when it comes down to it that they have the leverage, then what? But this is not the NFL negotiating with 4,000 players. When they negotiate with 4,000 players, they always win. If they, right. if If the NFL had to negotiate with individual position groups, Right, like if there was a CBA for quarterbacks, a CBA well, for running do. backs, a CBA there for wide No, no, no. I'm saying you if mean there if there were, actually I'm saying was. yeah, if you actually if you could not negotiate with all of them, that you had to negotiate with them one by one, right? It would have the the quarterback CBA would look so much different because their leverage dynamic is so much different than everybody else's. And if you don't believe me on that, do you know how many quarterbacks? have played on a franchise tag. Well, this is sort of the flip side of that conversation um, when Kirk Cousins was up. Right, right. But do you know how many? How many have played? Have actually played on the franchise tag? I would guess two. Three. Yeah. Okay. And their situations are very distinct, but very interesting in comparison to Lamar Jackson. The first was Drew Brees. And Drew Brees had to play on the franchise tag because they drafted his replacement and then he got good. And, he, and they're and like, whoa, that. whoa, okay, mm-hmm. but we're not ready yet. And so then they put the franchise tag on him in 05 and he got hurt after that and went That's to the right. Saints in 06. Kirk Cousins is the other one and they played him on two tags because they knew they did not want him to be their long-term option at quarterback. But what else were they going to do? And That's so they right. did that and then interestingly enough got a better quarterback in Alex Smith afterwards until Alex Smith's leg fell, fell apart the third is Dak Prescott and Prescott is interesting because that was a franchise tag to buy time for both sides involved but everybody knew they were going to get it done. <laughs> they were going to get it done there was no question about it like this was just to stave this off and then he went and he got the deal that when he signed it I think was the biggest deal that a quarterback had ever had now I'm saying this to bring to people to ask themselves Given all the leverage these teams have, do you think that every quarterback just bends the knee when it's time to sign a contract with the team? No, that's not what happens. The teams know that when dealing with quarterbacks, they got to do this a little bit differently. That's right. Because they don't really have the leverage under those circumstances. For all the reasons that we described, a running back doesn't have to come all the mini camps. He can just show up. A corner doesn't have to come to all the mini camps. He can just show up. You really want your quarterback to be around. And whenever he's not there, it has effects on the team that we talk about every year when them jokers slow down. Tom Brady last year, Aaron Rodgers last year. We can go up and down the line on this. So to me, the idea that the Ravens, hey, well, they can just match any deal. Ah, yeah, if they were willing to play the will match any deal, they would have given him the exclusive franchise tag and stopped right. this to make sure that he could get out there. He's got the cards here, right? And the reason I say he's got the cards is just because you're like, man, he ain't walking away for $32 million. That $32 million isn't going to vanish. It's not like that $32 million is never going to be there ever again. Honestly, that $32 million is there anytime he wants to take it before week 10. That's it's right. always sitting there waiting on him. So why rush? I just sit here, cross my legs, and just be like, all right, fellas, y'all don't need it. Cool. Y'all don't need it. But I get the feeling when he says, I want to trade and I want out of here, I am generally of the belief that um, people get over this stuff. The only way he's getting over this is if they give him some money. Yeah. And they just seem to have decided they don't want to. Did you see that madness that Arthur Blank said yesterday? I did not. Arthur Blank, who I have 
overwhelmingly good things to say about as owner of Falcons. Uh, anybody who ever rooted for the Falcons, which I don't do anymore because I'm off that narcotic. If you ever had Rankin Smith, you appreciated Arthur Blank. <laughs> anyway, Arthur Blank's argument for why they wouldn't make a play for Deshaun Watson was, you know, the oh yeah, you know, I did the, see that. Did that, that, that yeah, they didn't want to upset the other quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Howard, this is the man they gave a zillion dollars to Michael Vick in 2005. This is the man who was trying to get Deshaun Watson last year. Okay, I say that to say this. He spent that money on injury risk Michael Vick, right? Who basically missed all of the 2003 season. I don't think Vick had a a single season in Atlanta where he played 16 games, okay? Arthur Blank was pushing that dude around in a wheelchair. Remember that? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. But he was willing to give that dude a zillion dollars with no concern for the health. And when it came apart, it wasn't about the health. It was about off the field stuff. Oh, you were willing to sign Deshaun Watson, who had off the field stuff, plus two ACL tears in his track record. It's not like his body is a temple, okay? But Lamar Jackson comes around and nah, 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 that's just too risky for you, right? You weren't, I don't mean to be crass, but... You worried about a five-year You 80 years old, dog. <laughs> what you worried about five years for? That's right. I'd be trying to get it right now if I was you. Yeah. And, you so what what are we, and so what are we doing here? So what are we doing here? Well, I think there's other two, two other things to your point to consider. Let's just do a quick history lesson. You talk about the, the world of quarterbacks, and it's 100% true, right? Let's go back to the early 90s and Lee Steinberg and the NFL quarterback club. Remember that? Yep. Where they were like, we're negotiating outside of the union. We're creating our own deals. Yeah, and, and so people what? understand this. Lee Steinberg was the agent of the day. And sure he had was. so many of the quarterbacks. And he set up the quarterback club where they were going. Like how Michael Jordan would be on the video games, right? Because he had his own negotiating rights. Lee Steinberg tried to do that for all the quarterbacks. And he had what? He had Marino, Moon, Elway. Did he, he, had Montana? All he had everybody. All of them. And you're All right. All of them. It's a different world for them. That's right. And on top of that, to your point in the theoretical, actually exists anyway. Look at the quarterback guaranteed money. Look at their deals against everybody else's. So even, even in this world where they don't negotiate individual positions, they still do because that position is so valuable. And to your point also about, about the franchise tag, there is never been now to your point Kirk Cousins is the only guy because you knew Dak Prescott was coming back to ever be available in his prime to all the teams think about that there's never been a quarterback in prime who was an unrestricted free agent right So that tells you right there how much control and leverage. And also it tells you that if you're willing to play this game with Lamar Jackson, then you are the only way that this makes sense is that they know he's done to me from an organizational standpoint. It's the only way is that, you know, he can't play anymore. Either you believe that the game has changed and that his style doesn't work or you know deep down that the real reason he didn't play in December was because he can't walk. 
And that a Lamar Jackson who can't walk cannot be a Lamar Jackson. He's, you know, unless you see a Randall Cunningham renaissance in him where all of a sudden he can be a drop back passer. Um, if you see some, that's the only way any of this works. Now, I I have been following, and I don't want to call them conspiracy theories because I think that's, that's cruel and it's not accurate. I've seen the alternate um, uh, sort of ideas about why this is happening, um, whether it's personal, whether it's racial, whether it's racial and personal, whatever you want to call it. Um, do you do you play that game at this level if you're the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, the Baltimore Ravens do not have that reputation. No. That's what's sort of wild about this. Well, um, I think well, I think there's another level to this, too, with the Ravens that's confusing, right, about playing this game to this level. And I know you don't get as, like, nuts and bolts into, like, who the assistants are in college coaching and all of that. They hired Todd Munkin to be their um, offensive coordinator. Todd Munkin, that dude ain't let's get in this running spread. You see what I'm saying? Like, Todd Munkin was the offensive coordinator last year for Georgia. He was the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. I think that year that Jameis threw for 5,000 yards. You see what I mean? Like, mm. that's a dude that wants to that wants to no, he wants the his ball guy in the same down the field. Well, no, I'm not saying it's not his guy. I'm saying that if you hire Todd Munkin to be your offensive coordinator and you're Baltimore, you must think Lamar Jackson is a pocket passer. Like, for everything that people says about this style of play and da-da-da and everything else, they win a guy that's here to throw the ball. That's what they went and got. They think they've got that. And that dude needs to be working with Lamar Jackson like right now. They That's should right. probably be on the phone like every day. They're not doing that. Somebody in that office has to be like, guys, I think this might be a really bad idea. Um, the, way we are, the way we are getting down. Somebody has to be thinking this. But yeah. like you said, this is the most attractive free agent to me, in the history of the league. The only two competitors are Reggie White and Deion Sanders in 1994 or three, whichever year it was. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. There's one asterisk to this, though, Bo. I'm interested in your thoughts on. And it is, let's take the reverse. Let's go do another history lesson. Who is the biggest miss in NFL history where you said, okay, leave at the quarterback position? It's got to be Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I disagree. 
I'm, I'm, I'm guessing off the top of my head. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Well, the, the only head. reason I say that about Breeze was the second they put Philip Rivers in, he was he ready to play. Out. It's yeah, true. He so balled they, out. So he was about as good as Breeze was at that point for a for less money. Yeah. Um, or it might have. Yeah, it was probably less money at that. But the point. guy that you just let go and you go, okay, we willing to let you go. Now you've seen it in position players. Okay, the 49ers got rid of Charles Haley. He's a great player. Um, but they got rid of yeah. Charles Haley not because he couldn't play anymore, because they were just tired of Charles Haley, you know, yeah. literally urinating on somebody's car. Yes. T.O., the exact same situation with yeah, the same exactly. team without without the car urination. They were tired of him for that's right. Uh, but at the quarterback position, you know, it's never let happened. These guys go. It's never. Ha- no one's ever been willing to roll the dice on that. And that's why this is so I, I don't know why people don't appreciate how wildly unprecedented really this whole is. thing is. And maybe the, you have to go back. And, and, and here's the other point. Right. Part of me thought about it this way. Are you simply willing as. Our man Slim Charles said, shout out to Lance Reddick, R.I.P. You know, if it's a lie, then we fight on that lie, right? They've been, (laughs) the NFL has been holding, even five years later, that he's not a long-term quarterback. And that maybe they just, (laughs) maybe they're just going to roll the dice even in year seven and go, see, we told you, right? I mean, you know, MVP notwithstanding, maybe they've simply bought into an orthodoxy that you've gotten as far as you can go with this whoever gets him is going to get the booby prize in a league where daniel jones just got a 40 million dollar annual deal now to be clear it's not as long term as what lamar wants lamar would not have signed the deal they offered daniel jones either however 40 million dollars for a dude that threw 15 touchdowns last year who is no no other way to put it the poorest man's lamar jackson like he and ran people were talking about yards. him like his ceiling goes to the moon that's what i'm saying on the basis of honestly one game like that's that's all it came down to like what's that dude got 40 to play next year lamar jackson under no circumstances playing for 32 million dollars next year and so when people are like well you know he's gonna come because he's gonna take that 32 Nah, man, it's impossible to take that 32 when you're looking over at who else, who just got 40, right? You and I talk about this, all, but you and I talk about this all the time, right? You got to be careful about comparing money at your job. It's like the airplane, not we mm-hmm. all pay different prices for our tickets. You have to get that this is what it is, da, da, da. However, if they try <laughs> to charge you $500 to fly to D.C. from New York, you're just not going to do it. And that's kind of where Lamar is. You're going to give me 32 and this dude got 40? And and don't say that they're not doing it upstairs because they know they're crunching. They know they they know the human nature piece of this too, which is we can't give player X this. That's the argument that they've that they've always made in contract negotiations. Well, we can't give you this because our star player hasn't gotten this. And usually the other player's like, I don't care what you gave him. This is a new market. <laughs> so and then there's the other piece of this, which I don't understand because one of the things you and I talk about quite constantly is get your hands out of other people's pockets. Right. My negotiation is my negotiation. Your negotiation is your negotiation, which is why it's been fascinating to me that people really do want to hold on to the well, the idiosyncratic Cleveland market is what messed this whole thing up. It really is. When you break it down, it all goes back to Deshaun Watson. It's all Deshaun Watson's fault. Actually, no, that's them. This is actually between you and, uh, and your homegrown player that everybody told you was actually a safety or a wide receiver who end up, ended up turning around your franchise. He's also the most popular player on your team. 
right? He's all of the things you didn't think he was, but you also took the chance on him. And now you are saying to the world, he's going to be the guy that we're going to hardball. To me, Mm -hmm. Momani, there's only one explanation here. And that is they don't believe he can play anymore. That That they don't believe at the end of the day that they're going to be looking at him and going, oh, this was this was a Frank Robinson from Milt Pappas deal, right? That they're not, that history is not going to look at them and go, y'all messed up. Yeah, I mean, that, you're right. That's the only plausible explanation. Is there is, another one? Otherwise, it just is so dumb that you can't, it's so dumb that you can only lean toward that which is sinister. Yeah. Right. Well, here's one other thing I was thinking about too, just very quickly. And that was, the one thing that we do know is happening in in all of the sports right now is we're in we're in the whiz kid era, right? Find every thirty year old and give them a five year deal if they have twenty five minutes worth of success. And this idea that you're going to hire coordinators that you think have the special sauce, are you actually really choosing coordinators? over the talent bird in hand MVP that you know can play when he wants to play, when he's out there, right? I mean, I don't see that. I don't see that as 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 a reason in this situation. I could see it from other organizations that don't know him, but they know him. They know everything about him in terms of his work ethic, how he plays, what he, all of it. So to me... And like I said, I mean, John Harbaugh does not strike me, and that organization has not been the type of organization where they're like, hey, we don't care if you're here or not. I don't think the Ravens can afford that as a franchise anyway. Well, I don't think they can afford it, and like they're a beloved institution in that city for a number of reasons, and like getting rid of Lamar Jackson is not going to like stop you from ever being able to sell out your stadium or anything like that. No, it's football. No, 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 no. Hold on. Let me me finish. Yes. Let me finish. I want to be clear about this before I say the next part. However, I remember on the day, February 24th, 1994, when the Atlanta Hawks got the bright ass idea to trade Dominique Wilkins for Danny Manick. And I ain't come back. And I ain't the only person who never Mm -hmm. came back. This is the kind of thing that if you do it and it doesn't work, affects the faith that the pub- the public has in your team and has in your organization. Because the truth is, it'll probably take you 25 years to find a quarterback as good as Lamar Jackson. Or at the very least, it'll take you 25 years to find a quarterback who could have a year as good as he was in 2019. If you even so chose to isolate that year as just some anomaly, if you want to do that, that's fine. You're not going to find somebody capable of doing that anytime soon. So like you roll the dice that you better be able to get this right right away. Like, I'll tell you this. And, of course, the Falcons were absolutely in the right in this. But, man, it was shaky in Atlanta when they decided, you know, play things the way they played it with Vic. And Vic was in jail. It's not even like they had the option of playing him. <laughs> it's a very good thing for Matt Ryan that his first pass was a touchdown because yeah. everything had gotten so fractured in Atlanta around that trial, and they were so bad in 07. It is a really big deal that Matt Ryan came in there and played immediately for keeping interest in that franchise, right? Keeping people around it. I don't know how you keep rooting for a team that had the best quarterback they ever had and was like, I mean, you want him, you can have him. Yeah, and I think the other piece of it is too, um, and you know, I'm sure you've talked about this as well, but 
the value or the comparison of Black Atlanta versus Black Baltimore. How much does Black Baltimore contribute financially to the Baltimore Ravens? That matters a lot. But see, that's why it's so strange to me that Blank is playing it this way. Like Mm -hmm. the most fascinating thing about Blank's time in Atlanta is he leaned into Black ticket buyers in a way that I can't think of any other NFL owner doing. Right. Like, you know, there was a book about Bill Parcells that said part of why he didn't take the job to run the Falcons football operation is Arthur Blank was very clear to him. Our season ticket base is largely black and we make decisions with that in mind. And Bill Parcells is like, <laughs> no, I don't I don't ever do that. And, you know, and, then he, and then he went out and he kicked rocks. But this is blank understood this from the very beginning. Like why this team in a city that has always had trouble selling tickets because the white people do not want to come into the city has kept that place full for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. It's because of that. And so you could bring Lamar Jackson to Atlanta and you got, I don't even know anymore. Cause I think they said Mariota could go. So would you gonna ride out there with Desmond Ritter when you have the option of Lamar Jackson? What, what, right. Maybe nobody thinks he can play anymore. Maybe That's there's right. something on film that we're not catching though. I feel like the film people would have told us cause there's enough of them in the general population that we would have found this out by now. But, I want to ask you about this part because this is something we talk about a lot also is just the way the public roots for the boss and how <laughs> bizarre and peculiar it is. But this to me is an interesting overlap with Kirk Cousins. And remember, every time it got down to this franchise tag with Kirk Cousins, you'd see all the reports from all the reporters with smiles on their face about the leverage Kirk Cousins has and almost it's like, how great isn't it? Is it right? He's so mediocre, but he got the leverage and he's going to get his money. Good for him, right? And I remember when he first got the job um, over Griffin in 2015, there was a huge spread in the Washington Post about Kirk Cousins and his patience and how his patience paid off. Paid off. Mm-hmm. Who been more patient than Lamar Jackson winning MVPs for like a mil and a half a year and all of this stuff? And I can't understand how people ain't rooting for him. How you not looking at Lamar being like, hey, man, hold strong because the path to victory is so clear for him. All he's got to do is sit tight. That's it. Yeah. And you know what's wild about that, too, is it runs so counter to all of the American tropes that we say we love. Here's the guy who was underestimated, Lamar Jackson. Here's a guy where everybody said he couldn't. Tell me I can't. You know, how many Gatorade commercials? Have we got? Tell me I can't do something. How many commercials run on that line? Right. Lamar Jackson, you said he couldn't play. You know, the you know, Bill Polian goes into the motivation hall of fame with that one, right? Telling the world that this guy couldn't play. So everything that we say we want to root for, the underestimated, the one who was never given a chance, the one who just needed to prove what he could do, just put me on and I'll show you what I can do. All of that is Lamar Jackson. And that goes back to Lamar Jackson in college. You know, I mean. Every time his team won a game in Louisville, it was like, well, it wasn't really, was it really because of him or was it, right? And this isn't going to translate. And he has beaten all of them. I mean, as an example, let us not forget the first two and a half years of Tom Brady's career as a starter. People were still calling him a system guy. And people who supported him were very, very loud in the redemption. I am 
we're all look, none of us will be able to forget that he was drafted 199th mm-hmm. right how is that any different obviously Lamar Jackson's never been in the Super Bowl but how different is that in terms of the origin story we're supposed to love this guy this is the guy we're supposed to love when he's not the silver spooner Right. He's not the guy who was supposed to be great from day one and now is being a prima donna. He's the hard hat. He's the blue collar. And let me tell you what else he is, too. Essential to winning. This is the part, and you see people bring up the quarterback win stuff with him at Baltimore, and you know I don't really subscribe to that, and you can't just do it suddenly when it applies to the person that you got, that, you, you know, that you're talking about and you want to make a case for him. But I will throw this out here. If I'm Lamar Jackson, here's what I'm remembering. Howard, do you happen to know what Louisville's record was in 2018? You uh, know after that Lamar I Jackson don't. Left? <laughs> Two and eight, zero oh and seven in the ACC before Bobby Petrino got fired. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying here? Like Lamar, if nothing else, has a bit of an understanding. Oh, it matters when I show up. Dog. When I play, right? When I play, it win. matters. And when I don't, we don't. We don't. And Baltimore has to know that too. That's right. That's right. I mean, and once again, that's that's why some of this stuff. That's why it's one of the areas where I sort of feel bad when we have to generate um, on the daily. When really, what we really want to know is how does this story end? Yeah. Right. That's what we really want to know. We want to know. We I want to fast forward 10 years. Right. Like, how does this end? I mean, I mean, even somebody like I mean, every guy that you're thinking about who had their second act, whether it's Jim Craig or Jim Plunkett or Randall Cunningham or um, I'm just thinking of all the guys who had their second act. Kurt who, Warner. Kurt Warner, of course, who went all of those guys. At the time of their second act, you can see why they needed a second act. But this guy, you're not looking at him and going, vast drop-off in performance clearly needs a change of scenery. It's like, what's going on here? Right. It's, it's so- one of the great mysteries, especially <laughs> in that sport. In the other sports, it makes sense because guys have much more flexibility. Players get moved. You can look at Frank Robinson and say, okay, the Cincinnati Reds said Frank Robinson was over the hill. Okay, right? I mean, we have different comps, but not in that sport. Right. And, and not in that sport at that position. Well, also not with the person that people don't like find surly or don't like. That's right. You know, like this is not trading Dennis Rodman for Will Purdue. That's right. Although there is one piece of this, though, that I do have to say. I do have to say that the optics of Lamar Jackson to the overwhelmingly white media that loves to show images of guys. I mean, that boy next door thing with Kurt, with uh, Kurt Cousins, you can't say doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, there is an identification, which is one of the reasons why, which is one of the reasons why a lot of black athletes have really, you know, given a chance to black reporters. Oh, I'm going to get a fair shake here. Right. Whether they get the fair shake or not remains to be seen because, you know, people are people. But that stuff matters. And the way that and because Lamar Jackson is playing the social media game, the way he's playing it, which is very cryptically and very strategically, 
that stuff, people portray that as unlikable. You know what I mean? It's like, because we're not hearing from him. He's really not doing a lot of talking. It's not like he's doing interviews or anything. And so you get a chance to hear it from him as to what's happening. He's being very circumspect and very, and he'll drop a little bomb here. He'll drop a little bomb there, but it's not like this is a face-to-face or open negotiation. So one of the things about this that I think hurts him in some ways, although he shouldn't be talking, is people are getting to do a lot of interpretation for him. And the like I said, this is a game. This is that roll of the dice thing, right? It's all going to come down to whenever he starts playing again, it's all going to come down to the same thing. Why didn't he play in December? Right? That's... And if it comes down to the fact that Lamar Jackson was never the same player, then Baltimore's like, see? Yeah. And, and, look, if it, it, and if it doesn't, then everyone's getting fired over there. Yeah, because I feel like if that was the case, they'd have told us that. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember, they were trying to tell us he was okay enough to play. That's right. <laughs> like, like, that's where they really try to squeeze out the last drop and then and- don't – because yeah, I do the, always because I would do always say this about running backs like it was, uh, the last example I clearly had on this was when DeMarco Murray went into free agency mm-hmm. Jerry got the yards and I think it was Tennessee that signed him they paid for the carries well that's right, right. and nobody and wants to wind up Chris coming Johnson on the, and Tennessee now yeah nobody wants to wind up or Derrick Henry's that, that, that's oh, Derrick Henry I'm sorry, Derrick sorry, Henry. sorry yeah sorry. but yeah. nobody wants to come out on the other side and pay for the carries but we're talking about a quarterback and this isn't how it goes. And even if you think that the end will come faster, uh, Cam Newton is a great example, though I would argue the Ravens did not use Cam Newton. I mean, the Ravens did not use Lamar Jackson the way the Panthers used Cam Newton. And Cam Newton really was out here like Earl Campbell. It was going to be over at 29 or 30 because of how much between the tackles, just power, wham, run into people. Lamar be trying to fall down, get out of the way, run past people. And yet the Denver Broncos still had money for Russell Wilson, who took as many hits as anybody. And see, that one right there, to me, was so... And he takes like 50 sacks a year. Like, to me, that one... I said when they signed it, like, I don't know if you want to do that with 30. <laughs> that car got no more miles on it. Yeah, like, I was... You can go back and listen to archives of this show. I first guessed that one. I didn't think it would be as bad as it was last year. But I absolutely first guessed uh, the Russell Wilson one. Lamar, 25 years old, like, going on That's 26. That's the other thing. That is the other thing about this. He's only been in the league five years. Yeah. He, he's not old. I mean, he, I mean that's the, that is what the other piece of this is. Not, people are treating him like he's 31. Right. I mean, when was the, the only way it makes even remote sense to determine that an MVP is washed up or is not worth your negotiation at 25 years old is if you honestly don't believe that anything he did before was intentional. Like, unless you just honestly believe that he'll never do any of this again. Yeah. By the way, right fast. I was wrong. He is 26, but he's the same age as Joe Burrow. Who also was injured. Who also has a significant injury. Mm-hmm. Like, like Lamar, you could say Lamar is injury prone, but Lamar has not the significant injury that Joe Burrow has suffered. It's not there. It's not there. Yeah, we gotta, I'm, I can't wait to play oh, this oh, out. Oh, and by the way, Joe Burrow's style of play, and you guys know I'm a, I am a Joe Burrow fan, but in terms of style of play, play being conducive to injury, have you watched Joe Burrow play football? That's right. Nobody or holds Josh the ball. Allen. 
Yeah, but nobody. See, at least with Josh Allen, though, he's, he's a just, big guy. You know, he's a yeah, right. He's gargantuan, he's LeBron, right? Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. like he, Josh Allen holds on to the ball for the long time because he has a big old force field around him of <laughs> off me. <laughs> Joe Burrow right. be waiting and running and moving and taking all these shots and playing behind a bad line, and ain't nobody gonna say nothing about no miles or no style of play. His style of play is just as dangerous as one would argue that Lamar Jackson's is. That's it's, right. It's right there. It's the same. None of this, like, I got to stop acting like it's supposed to make sense, right? Because none of it actually really does make sense. And we're there on the, like, we've just said it over and over again. But you're right. We're going to see how this plays out. There's a draft in a month. In theory, somebody should get antsy. But you're just not going to make me believe that an entire, like, the reason why it's impossible to dismiss the idea of collusion is you're going to tell me it's an entire league that don't need a quarterback that good at that age, right? They was willing to take the nasty man. And the thing about the nasty man is he's not as good as Deshaun Watt, I mean, as uh, Lamar Jackson. That's right. Like, like, it would be different if the nasty man was as good as Patrick Mahomes. It's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a guy who, at his best, has never been as good as Lamar Jackson was at his best. And by the way, who came back last year stinking. That's right. Case closed. Stinking. Now, we, we went uh, the 40 minutes of Lamar. I didn't think we would go that far, but I did kind of want to jump into uh, NBA action just a little bit. And I want to ask fantastic. Yeah, I want to ask you this general question about the NBA. Adam Silver and David Stern wanted parity. They've gotten it. Who's benefiting from this? I mean, it's going to be an exciting play-in, but is this uh, is the I, I like it's like what I realized when we got this anonymous Final Four. Some sports are better with a clear number one contender that everybody's gunning for. I have said this over and over and over again. I'm a dynasty guy. That's why we watch. We watch for greatness. We watch to see greatness fall. The reason why people rush the field isn't because seven and nine Seattle just beat eight and eight San Francisco. The reason why your number one teams go down and you're excited about it is because they're the number one teams. And right now, looking at the NBA, I still think, and this is going to be crazy, but I still think Golden State or Los Angeles could come out of the West. And they're both currently in the play-in. And the reason why I say that, and I see your face, the reason why I say that, is not because there's any intelligence here beyond. (laughs) The reason is because when you don't think anybody's really that good, you kind of just go with the best players. And I still say, okay, Golden State can't even win a game on the road. Do I I look at them in a 2-7 against Denver and go, they got no chance? No. I mean, I'm just, all I'm, the reason why I'm strategizing it this way is the one domino theory. Because all it takes is for one of them frauds up top whether it's sacramento or whether it's denver or whether it's memphis to suddenly go denver memphis sacramento and lose a 2-7 then the whole thing's open to interpretation now and see i think the whole thing is open to interpretation now i'm with you there and that's why and my buddy nick i don't want to say he peer pressured me into this but he kept putting it out here in a certain way that made me say you know what you're right i'm going denver because denver got that dude like if that dude is that dude, if he's that and dude. I do, but I do think he is that dude, right? And, and I think he stepped, and I think he stepped up last year in the postseason. If you looked at it, they got to the conference finals um, in the bubble. Though it's worth noting that was Jokic in the best shape of his life. He that was Slim Jokic that showed up. 
But um, if he's that dude and it's his time to fully ascend into being that dude, because I think the way you talk about Lamar and people still holding out the idea, well, we don't think he's that good, They're right? That explains certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. They're doing it with him. So if he's that good, then this is this is the time in his career where all the other guys who have been that good show you. And you got extra motivation because now suddenly there's been a complete sort of reversion on you as a two-time MVP. Suddenly everybody's looking at you going, were you that good in the first place? Right? I mean, if there's ever a time for you to show, it's now. And your franchise has never been to the finals. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to win that MVP anymore. It's not about whether or not he should. This is feeling a lot like 1997. For those of you who don't know, Jackie McMullen one day woke up and was like, you know what? I'm going to say that we haven't given Carl Malone enough credit. It's time for him to get his MVP. And they gave it to him over Mike, which basically guaranteed that Utah could never win the 1997 NBA Finals, <laughs> just so you know. I don't know what chance they really had going into it, but uh, the if and I took that personally, and I had to be like super strong Michael, in that one. Michael got some tequila and that cigar, and he's going to look back and say, just watch the last minute of the 98. Yep. Yes, but in '97, that season. you gave away and a rightful. The Bulls won 69 games that year. And Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan, but just because they got bored, they decided to give that thing to Carl Malone. Yep. And Embiid, at the very least, though, to be fair, his last three seasons are MVP seasons in just about any other season, except for the fact that the other dude played better. No, that's right. And the, let's we'll call this the Kendrick Perkins Award going forward. Yep, um, because he what he did was. He threw a little, you know, a little bomb into the happy conversation, which is why are we choosing him so unanimous? I think it was actually, I don't think even think it was necessarily the fact that he was supposedly the guy for a third straight year. I think it was the stats that were showing that he was so far ahead of everybody else and it wasn't even a race. And I think that was the point where it's like, wait a minute, a lot of good players out here right now. Yeah, I think the problem for Jokic, and I also think the way that J.J. carried it on that show did nothing to help his cause, regardless of how many people patted him on the back. And for people in NBA circles, perhaps enough to like swing a vote, I think that that side, it's kind of like the same thing that happens with analytics stuff, even though J.J. wasn't mm-hmm. making a strict analytics argument, is that they, they express themselves in such an off-putting way that it yep. then like keeps people off. Now, the thing about <laughs> Embiid versus Jokic, and I think that this is where it gets hard, is that this is a struggle I had with Steph for not really a struggle, but you'll understand what I'm saying. I felt like if Steph showed up and was hot tonight, you were in trouble. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like Steph could show up and be like, boys, jump on my back and we going to do it. And that's because Steph is shooting from so far away. that so much of that feels like you just got to got to be on track, right? Embiid feels like a jump on my back guy just because of the nature of his game. He can individually dominate on both ends of the floor. Giannis, game six against Phoenix. You saw it. Mm-hmm. One of the ultimate jump on my back performances. And when you I'm look taking back you at, home tonight. Right. And when you look back at the guys that we think of as being there, the difference in the way that we view Akeem Olajuwon versus David Robinson is we don't view David Robinson as jump on my back. We about to go. People don't view Giannis I mean, excuse me, Jokic, Jokic. Mm-hmm. as that kind of player. And I don't think they think of his game as being that type of game. Even Magic Johnson, whose game was all about distribution, was not a 30 usage guy or anything like that. You still felt like Magic could show up and decide, all right, well, jump he on controlled my back. the pace. Right, but that's what we going to yeah. do. Jump on exactly. my back, we going to do that. Chris Paul had that type of game, but could not do that in the playoffs because of size. 
But Steph those, has uh, done it though. Yes, no, I'm about to say, but then came the last postseason and it was just yeah. like, oh, okay, this is it. Got it. But for Jokic, if he if he comes out here and looks like that guy, then a lot of these discussions stop. Of course, he'll never win another MVP because people get bored, and that's how it goes. But that to me is his biggest holdup is that people keep throwing numbers out there to make the point of how good he's been. And the people coming back are like, all right, but if I need this one, I'm going to take the guy. That's the argument for Kobe Bryant. That's right. And that's statistically the argument. Yeah, statistically, the argument is not there for Kobe Bryant, except where it really is there is being like, but if I need to get this one, I'm taking that guy. We ain't losing tonight. And that and that is that is that is so, so close to the starting pitcher argument. Who who walks in that door and says, we ain't losing tonight. That's what sports is. Like, if we're really telling the truth, and you can move it on to the analytics if you want. You can talk about all the different stats and Eve percentage and usage rate and all the other stuff you want to talk about. But what you're really talking about with Jokic right now is that can Nikola Jokic walk into the playoffs when they start in a couple weeks and say, we ain't losing tonight? Right. Jack Are you Morris, that guy? Yeah, in baseball, Jack Morris could say, we Jack, not losing exactly. tonight, even if the game goes 10 innings. Clayton Kershaw, who is incontrovertibly a better pitcher than Jack Morris, you ain't feel like that. Once Couldn't that do it. Then he came around. And Josh Beckett could do it, and Kurt Schilling could do it, and Bob Gibson and Dave Stewart, they could do it, and that's why you remember them, right? And Josh to Waltz. this point, in the uh, on the other side, if we go to the East, I just think that I mean, Milwaukee is the best team in the East. But Milwaukee is not the best team in the East by such a margin that you look at them and go, we'll see you in June. You know, I mean, the defending Eastern Conference champions are not a great team. The Celtics, in my opinion, are not a great team because I've never seen a championship level team give away so many games. I mean, they shoot their way into games and they shoot their way out of games. It was like, you know, something that our good friend Joe Dumas says, they all play the same style. You know, and I always I'm referring to the NBA right now as the revenge of Rick Adelman, because the game looks right now the way his Portland teams played, where they take the same shots in the first quarter as they do in the fourth quarter, as they do in the second quarter. And it's like, do y'all realize that the N- NBA postseason is all about possessions? Right. And that's the reason why San Antonio and Golden State were so good. They were the best three point shooting team. They were the best two point shooting team. And so I, I'll be honest with you. I know it's kind of wild, but I still would say if you've got a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD cough, cough, and with the Lakers playing the way they're playing, would you really look at a Lakers Memphis series and go, oh, well, Memphis is easily going to win? I don't, I don't see that. All I'm saying on that is Anthony Davis has been healthy for the last month. That's bad news for their playoff chances. 100%. Because that means, and all, and that means, and that means that, yeah, that, yeah, that means we don't already bank them month. They need two months of LeBron and Anthony Davis not getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let me know uh, how that would wind up going. Say I, I didn't no, say but I you ra- no, but, no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I think, <laughs> I, but I think you raise a fair point. Like this is, this is going to be something. Last thing I say is the series that I do want to get out of these playoffs is Phoenix. I need the Heat to get to the six so that we can get Jimmy Butler versus the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> I need that in my life so bad. Like that play-in in the West, which could quite possibly wind up being um, the Lakers, the Warriors, the, mm-hmm. the uh, who you McCollum's, the Mavericks, 
and then throw in a young team if you want to. That can be bananas. Like these, these playoffs can be excellent, but I prefer there being one team at the head of the pack that everybody is gunning for, and we simply don't have it. Yeah, well, I think it should have been the Celtics, and and it should have been Milwaukee. It should be it. We should have no, an East. We should have an Eastern Milwaukee. Conference of Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia. They yeah. should all be neck neck and neck, like yeah. it was, but it's not. Yeah, healthy Milwaukee, I think, would have been that. Like, if Chris Middleton stays healthy all year, I think that healthy Milwaukee would have been that. The question, I think, that still remains to be answered for the Celtics, as good as many of us believe that Jason Tatum is, Jason Tatum as best player on championship team. He has not shown himself to be that good. No, his biggest problem watching him, and I watch Celtics every night and living up here, is that he makes himself very easy to guard because he's so three dominant and when he makes himself difficult to guard he's one of the best players in the league he can be the best player in the league on a lot of nights but the thing that i look at when i see tatum the very first thing i see in tatum's line is how many shots attempted and how many were threes and he had gotten to a stretch where 70 percent of his shots were three-pointers ain't no great player gonna win like that unless you're unless you're number 30 out west the only one dude who can do that right i mean how many dudes can actually do that and but when those they got the two best slashers in the game and when they decide to attack they're really really tough to beat but like i said i've never seen a championship level team give away so many big leads and be as leaky as they are they just give you games and you can't win like that and right before we roll because you brought it up i had to go check it Wow. <laughs> 57% of Curry shots are threes. It's like incredible. Jason Tatum is 44. It's always like, oh, what if Jason Tatum does? Nope, no, no, not more, not more, not no. more. But, I, this I is, but, he, mm-hmm. but he is shooting threes at the rate at which Steph shot them in like 2014. Yeah. Which it's is incredible. High. Well, and this is the thing about the NBA, and you can just tell me right now, quick, though. I know you got to go, but here's a question for you. I keep watching the NBA and everyone keeps talking about open looks. That's a great look. That's a great look. That's a great. Is it a great look when it has a 68% chance of missing? And that's the question you and I ask very often, because now we're going back the other way. And that's the problem with these large sample aggregate metrics that become less useful as you get to the postseason because the margins are so much thinner. And that point, matters a lot more right a bad shooting night matters a lot more you can't just assume it's going to even out in the sample you need to minimize the variance a little bit more when you get back around and it's all high variance basketball so we wind up with these series where one team wins by 20 and another and then loses by 20 the next game and then win by 20 again and i'm not sure anybody was actually playing any better it's just a matter of whether they were making threes (laughs) and in the old days that used to just be home and road like you would have Team would win on the you know at home by twenty and lose on the road by twenty. But here it's all whether or not you go eleven for twenty nine from I'm sorry twenty nine. Sorry, you go fourteen for thirty eight from three, or if you go six for thirty from three. I miss watching dudes fight. That. <laughs> is Howard Bryant. Uh, Check him out, Metal Arc Media, ESPN. My bad, I appreciate you. Oh, man, always a pleasure, Bo, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Uh, We normally do this three times a week. Dan Stancic, Adi Khan, and Park Owens handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. There will not be a Foxworth Friday this week. Dominique is out celebrating his 40th birthday. So, the voicemail notice comes today. 
860-516-4119. Tell us your great April Fool's Day memory. Whether you got somebody or you got got, it's more fun when you tell the story about the time you got got. Have some heart. Show some courage. 860-516-4119. That is the telephone number. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.